Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Off the Post. I'm Russ Cohen. We've got Anthony Mangione. And how are you? Doing well, Russell. Yourself? Pretty good. And uh, Michael Jello, Mike? Good morning, gentlemen. I am preparing for my flight to Seattle because Buffalo has consistently rained the last three weeks. <laughs> well, I don't know if you'll get away from the rain that day either. But we'll um, let's chat a little hockey. I do want to let let the listeners know that if you go to sportsology.com, you can see my list for my top 31 uh, getting into the uh, draft. It's rankings. It's not a mock. But if you want to check it out, you can check it out. We'll talk more about it in June. But also, I'll do another update after the um, Combine, because that'll be after the Memorial Cup, after the Combine. I'm not like ESPN. I don't do 25 of them. But two or three is what I usually do. Anyhow. Yeah. Russ has to evaluate. Right. He has to redo his evaluation based off chin-ups and pull-ups. Right. Yeah. It's just and that. I, and nothing you, else. <laughs> <laughs> and if and if you want and if you want a mock, I have plenty of faux turtlenecks in my closet. No. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I probably have a few of those too. All I'll right. So back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think everybody had them. Let's let's talk about the uh the Stanley Cup and the fact that we've been waiting and we'll be waiting, waiting. for more. And waiting. I'll eventually get there Monday and I'll be very excited. I, I, I love covering the Cup. I've been doing it since '03, And to me, there's nothing better. I don't, I don't even care about the Super Bowl as much. <clears throat> I'm not sure why. I think it's just the way the players sort of revere the trophy and, and the, uh, the, just the way they're sort of beating up this whole season and they're just coming mm-hmm. in on fumes. And so I give these guys a, a lot of credit. Now, we look at both these teams, and most people – just on quick look at it, all are picking the Bruins but want the Blues to win. Like, that's, mm. that seems to be the consensus. <laughs> Not and me. I get it. Not me. Uh, that's okay. Not we'll me. get to that. But I'm just saying <laughs> most people. And, and I get it. And, you know, when I look at this series and I, and I break it down in my head, I wouldn't even give Anthony my pick the other day until I knew the status, the health status of Vince Dunn because – I've always liked Vince Dunn, and this year in the playoffs, he's actually one of their best defensemen. And mm-hmm. now that he's going to sort of be out at least for most of the cup with a broken jaw, even if he comes back with a cage, I don't know how he's going to keep on the weight. I don't think he'll be the same. So to me, that was a big factor because St. Louis's defense is definitely a little bit better than Boston's, but with Vince Dunn, yeah. it's a lot better. And yeah. so and I felt like that's a, that's a big factor right out of the gate. Yes and no. I, I like Dunn a lot. Don't get me wrong. It would give them a substantial personnel advantage, blue line wise, I think. But I still think the rest, the, the rest of that unit is, I think, is strong enough that I think they can, they can still um, do what they need to do schematically against against Boston. Um, and, and and in that circumstance, again, that's the reason. That's, and that, and in the end, that's one of the biggest reasons why I'm actually 
favoring the Blues despite the fact that, you know, they're starting on the road in this series. But as we've seen in the playoffs, they're not phased by playing on the road. And right. I think they've actually played, in my case, because I think they've played, I think the competition that they've gone up against, uh, with the exception of Boston going up against Toronto, I think the Blues have, I think the Blues have had the tougher road to get there. And I, I don't think they're going to be phased one bit going into Boston. I really don't. Um, so, it's one of, again, I think if it, they had home ice for this series, I think it would be, to me, I would probably be even stronger on the Blues than I am in my current pick. So, I, I, I think they match up. I think they match up with the Bruins very well. They do. I mean, I can't argue that. And, and Mike, boy, it's almost hard to remember when the uh, Leafs were in the playoffs, but – Good thing we're not talking about them. What do you what do you think about you know the uh, the defensive matchups here? Well, I, I think that the, the Blues defense, at least the top of it, is better than the Bruins. But I think the Bruins are a deeper, more talented blue line. I mean the you know Crew Grizzlick, Carlo. I mean the number six is is weak. They rotate Clifton or or uh, John Moore. Mm-hmm. or uh, Stephen Camper in there. But I think the Blues, you know, with with Pareko, with Pitterangelo uh, at the top, uh, you know, with uh, with Bo Meester sort of revitalized, I think they're, you know, they're better in their top three or top four. But then, you know, you're going to have the Bruins pounding on those guys. Those guys eat 25 minutes a night. Uh, I think I also think the Blues are physically the, probably the best team to match up against the Bruins. I mean, the Bruins will mm-hmm. try to, you know, sometimes they'll try to impose their physical will on their opposition. You know, example, game two against Toronto. Um, they, they oh, really you did bring them up. See, there you go. Yeah, there you go. You know, they tried to do that. They didn't have to do that against Columbus because they, I think they were faster than them. Um, and I think that's, that's going to be the key. I think the Bruins are faster than the Blues. And if you get into sort of a turf war, I think you're almost playing into the Blues' hands, whereas I think the Bruins are going to want to play more of a skill game, which is weird because usually they're the ones who want to get down and dirty. But I think that will actually be counterproductive for them. And if they, if they stick to a skill game, I think the Bruins will win the series. I, my, my, I think it's going to be close. I, the, only, the only way I think the Blues win this series is if Tuka Rask regresses in the final. Okay, and look, the only the only teams that have a potential turf war are the Sharks and the Jets. We know that. Um, anyhow. And I'd add, I'd add one other thing, though, too, as well, that I, in terms of X factors in the series, this is where, again, Brad Marchand, I think, is critical because if he can lull the Blues into taking bad penalties in this series, that 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 could be the edge, I think, for for Boston if they get the opportunities. I think special teams wise, that to me is where they could potentially crack the Blues. And I also mm-hmm. again with a guy like Bennington in the final. Again, he's been obviously ice water, but we've also seen Bennington on you know blow up on here and there, you know, mm-hmm. emotionally on occasion here. You know, he, he kind of has that sort of ticking time bomb thing about him. Where I think if Marshawn really tries to get under Bennington's skin and get into his head a little bit, that could swing the series potential to Boston's favor. But overall, again, I just got this with the the way the 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 run that the Blues are on right now. I think it's it's very emotionally charged right now. And again, in some ways, I think them starting on the road is actually good because it forces them to keep their game basic versus you know you know having you know everything around them in St. Louis. 
you know, people going crazy. It may be difficult, you know, for, for first-timers to be in the finals when you only have, you know, David Perron with probably the most recent experience playing with, with Vegas last year in the final. Um, there's some limited experience in that circumstance. So that's the thing that I would be looking at there in terms of things that could potentially work in Boston's favor. Yeah, and I would give the Blues the edge with the celebrity uh, push. I mean, John Hamm and Jenna Fisher – Probably better than John Krasinski and and Gronk, so I have to give I have to give the Blues the edge. There. Dennis, you forgot Dennis Leary though. Leary's your Leary's your Marchand. In the, in yeah, the, true. The, the, the thing. <laughs> yeah, but but but, there, but there's a smoking there's a smoking ban at TV Garden, so he can't go in. Ah. Oh, come on, I'll be able to I'll be able to sneak one in. Come on. <laughs> it's a great point. The the funny thing is we can go back and forth too about the offense and I think I think the offenses are dead even. I Jaden yeah, Schwartz can be as hot as anybody in the playoffs right now. Tarasenko's goalie's woken up. We too. can talk I goalie, about I think goalie's even too. I think goalie talent wise, I think goalie is even too. I I'm gonna give Rask the slight edge, but that's it. A slight edge. Mm. Little experience. Well, I think it's a well, what, what, where, where I where I think the the overwhelming advantage for Boston is is special teams because their power play is ridiculous. Uh, I think it's still operating at over a thirty percent clip, and the Blues power play has not been good. So I mean, the, for to your point before, the Blues are going to have to limit their responses to guys like Marshan. I mean, I know you want to punch the guy in the face because he's an annoying rat, but you know you, you just you got to recognize that, that take... could be the swing in the series. Right. Exactly. So, so that's where especially, especially that. with right, and especially with the fact that the, the the Bruins' power play is so lethal and can swing games. I mean, game one against Carolina, Carolina was in control of that game until the third period, and two power play goals swung it in the other direction. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what it comes down to, to to me, and then we can make our picks, and then we we've got other news. To me, the biggest matchup in this whole entire series is Patrice Bergeron against Ryan O'Reilly. If somehow Ryan mm-hmm. O'Reilly can win that matchup, then I think the Blues could win. But right now, with a little bit of Rask, with that matchup and home ice, I have to say Bruins in seven, but it's that close. I think we're going to enjoy this cup. Ant? Yep. Um, to me, I think it also, if St. Louis can get much more consistent offense out of Braden Shen, that could really make things difficult, I think, for the Bruins if he's if he's able. And to Flyers fans, they're crying the about it already. It'll make it difficult. for Oh them yeah, I mean, too. listen. The other day, I mentioned the fact that he's, you know, I tweet out the fact that he, you know, he scored, you know, he, you know, he, he, you know, he was in his classic position in front of the net on a, on the yep. power play, and he scores. Yep. I mentioned that, you know, you know, like in days in Philadelphia, he's like, hey, he only has one goal in 15 games, and it's like, all right. Flyer fans, I get, we're not inclining the fact that it's a bad trade for Philadelphia in this case, but right. guess what? Um, he still was where he needed to be. And again, if he gets on yep. track... He's got he, great hands. He, he always will. Yeah, exactly. So, all in all, when I look at everything in this series, um, I like the Blues a little bit more, but I do think... Okay. I have a, it's going to be tough, I think, if it's a Game 7 in Boston, it's going to be tough. So I'm going to go with Blues in 6. That makes sense. Mike? 
Yeah, I'm I'm picking the Bruins in six, but I think the key matchup. I mean, I agree with O'Reilly Bergeron, and Bergeron has the speed advantage in that one. But O'Reilly has faced him a number of times when he was at the Sabers, so I don't think he's going to be phased by it. But I think the actual big the, the matchup for St. Louis, if they win, will be that third line, which has been a difference maker for them, which is Maroon, Robert Thomas, and Tyler Bozak against the Bruins' third line. The Bruins' third line has not been that great. It's been mostly the top two lines doing most of the business. I know Coyle has had a pretty good playoff, but, you know, Thomas has really come to the forefront, and Bozak wins key face-offs, and, you know, obviously I'm interested in that because he's an ex-leaf, but if they make, if they play as they have against the other teams in the first three rounds, uh, they could give the Bruins uh, a challenge, but I still think it's going to be Bruins in six. Okay. All right, so we move on from there. We'll, um, we'll chat about the Oilers for a minute. They, you know, we know Ken Holland's in there, and I'm 99.99999% sure Dave Tippett will be their next coach. They're just dotting the I's and crossing the T's, and so that, that's a good start, Ant, and now we'll, we'll see what they have to do to sort of dig themselves out. I, um, I did put up something on sportsology.com about some possible draft scenarios, and I think for Edmonton, they may have to move that pick trade Lucic somewhere to try and bury the salary. Maybe they get a player back in return, but I think it's, it's you know, it, it probably will cost them that pick if they want to tr- sort of get out of cap hell. Yeah, that, exactly, and that's, that's the key. He, moving on from Lucic is, the, in my mind and in most people's minds, the key to everything, I think, in Edmonton to really sort of, you know, bulldoze and, re, and, and restructure you know, how they have things set up there and be able to reinvest their money in a way that creates a team that can consistently compete for a cup. When you've got the game's best player, you know, this was the Lucic signing again, transitioning into the new arena when they did. Again, he needed to be able to, 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 to maintain what he was in Boston and a little bit of what he was able to do in L.A., didn't happen it's a massive anchor as we all know on them and if they can if it does cost you that top pick I think he again it's a circumstance where you got to look at it from for, for the good of the whole team that if it's somebody else is willing to take that pick I am willing to take Lucic along with that pick I think it's a bullet you have to fire yeah Mike years ago the Devils did that with uh, Malakoff I think they traded him to the Sharks along with a first round pick and I think these days because it's an eight, that's why I think Edmonton could get some sort of player back in return, even even with Lucic going the other way. Yeah, with Malakoff, I'm pretty sure because New Jersey was a contender at that point. That pick was in the 20s. It wasn't a yeah. number eight overall pick. So, Correct. I mean, honestly, if I'm, a, if I'm the opposing general manager, I'm asking for more than the number eight pick. You're talking $6 million for four more years for a guy who can't move anymore. Either that or you ask them, you ask them to retain salary. Right. I mean, yeah, it'll be a retained salary situation. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be yeah. salary retention involved, but it'll be something that, will be more palatable to at least give them some level, uh, at least a little bit more wiggle room in this case. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless, that, unless that's the case, there's no, there's no way, unless you're making what I call a crap-for-crap crap deal where you're trading somebody who's got a big salary, is not working mm-hmm. out in one place, and you're trading them for another. If that's, if that's the deal, fine, but if I'm, if I'm the 30 opposing general managers in the NHL, I tell Ken Holland to rot. Ah, well, I, I see, Mike. A lot of GMs would hang up on you if you were in the league. You would run out of allies real quick. But anyhow, 
<laughs> I don't know if that's exactly going to happen that way, but I do think it, it could happen. So we'll see what happens with the Oilers. We'll move on to the Islanders because they have a lot of UFAs, and they locked in on Brock Nelson first. And and I wasn't surprised, Mike wasn't surprised, because we, you know, we were looking over the landscape, and we knew that was the easier guy to lock in. Yeah. So they lock him in. They're going to have trouble locking in Anders Lee, so now they know – He's not going to accept less than six. He wasn't anyhow. And now you right. probably think he could get around seven and a half, and he's going to want a lot of term. Leonard will definitely want a lot of term, probably more than the Islanders are willing to give. And it's not like he's going to rush to, for a deal here either because he could win a Vezina. And if he wins a Vezina, the price just went up. So he this could, is a tough spot. Could, but it's a year, again, up until this season, Robin Leonard was the pitcher of inconsistency. Now, I know it's very much a – what have you done for me lately? And he seems to have genuinely turned the corner in terms of what we thought he could be. But I think the team does have, you know, there has to be some levels of protection here and an understanding that, you know, past this contract in this circumstance. Now, is someone going to be willing to go out and and, and, and splash out for Leonard? Possibly. Um, But, again, if if I am the, uh, the Islanders, um, Anders Lee, I think, is a, is just an utterly critical part of of, of their of their identity and, and mm-hmm. of their team. So for me, you know, I, I take if it's if it's an either or situation, I prioritize Anders Lee in this case over sure. Robin Leonard because I just have a better track. I just have more of a track record uh, out of out of him versus Leonard. Um, and I think there's other potential goaltending options out there if Leonard is you know, asking for just well above what he, you know, should be asking for, at least in this circumstance. No question. I think that would be the priority. But, Mike, I think if the Islanders were considering giving Leonard, like, three years, I don't think that'll Mm -hmm. get it done. I think four is the minimum, but I think he's looking probably more like five or six. So, because this is his one big free agent contract. Like, this is it. He's not going to get another big one. He's not going to accept, like, I know guys like Grubauer and such accepted three-year deals, but they didn't have a chance to win a Vezina either. So we could look at this and say, and what Anthony said is correct about what he did in the past, but I could, if I was an agent, I would point more to Devin Dubnik and say, well, when he turned the corner, this is what he was, and he has been good ever since. Right. He's 27 years old, Leonard, and, and that's the time, you know, when goaltenders can turn it around and yep. based on playing behind a Barry Trotz defense, I mean, that you know, you're probably going to get similar numbers from him over the term of that contract. It's all a question of, I think the big question with the Islanders is how much, uh, how much of a budget does Lou Lamorello have to work with? Because if he's trying to sort of limit what Lee is getting on a new deal and, you know, the things are in trying to limit the term of Leonard's deal, I mean, we know that they have Barzil coming up after next year. You know, he's probably going to be a big, a big money contract. You know, how money, how much resources does Lamorello have to work with? If that, right. if he's limited, then maybe he, maybe he has, he has to move out a Johnny Boychuk or Nick Letty to create space. Yeah. But you absolutely have to sign Lee, and if you don't spend the money, this team is going. The, what most people thought this team was going to go down when Tavares left, they'll definitely go down if Lee leaves on top of that. I mean, the only thing I could say is when you have a team and. Look, the Islanders don't spend to the cap. We know that. Someday they will. When they get their new arena and everything else, they will. But right now they don't. And 
I've dealt with this before with teams that I've enjoyed in my in my childhood, and I go back to the New York Mets when they didn't want to pay Tom Seaver. So they balked at a hundred thousand dollar deal back in the day. The next year they ended up paying like ninety or a hundred thousand for Willie Montanez, and so and the Islanders gave this offer to John Tavares, and they probably had a good idea he wasn't taking it, but they gave it to him anyhow because they had to make him an offer. End of the day, it's, it's not like Anders Lee's going to come that much cheaper. He will come cheaper, but the idea is you, Tavares got out of your grasp. If this guy gets out of your grasp, mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough sell to the fan base. I completely agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, you can – I know there's this belief now that the Islanders are going to have more of this blue or a New Jersey Devils ment- next man up mentality. But at the end of the day, you've got to hang your hat on guys who have bought in yes. to that. And, but still, you recognize the fact that they are the – you know, to use a, a, another baseballism, the straw, one of the major straws that stirs the drink. Yep. So, in my mind – I think Lee's got. I think Lou's got to recognize that you know a player like like Lee is someone that you definitely want to hang your hat on. All right, now, Ant, an interesting situation is coming up in in Minnesota where you know we hear Kessel being talked about, but Jason Zucker, and I bring up Jason Zucker because he has a deal through twenty twenty two twenty three for like I don't know five point three something like that. Mm-hmm. Now five point five. Yeah, yeah five point five. Thanks, and so. I'm not upset with the AAV, but the term of that is what you would worry about. And we know what GM gave him that contract in Chuck yep. Fletcher. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I have to say, I think it's interesting now, now that Paul Fenton has taken over there. And again, I bring this up because I think Flyers fans have to sort of beware. Because look, you may have one of the best cap guys in the business. But at the end of the day, the GM overrides the cap guy. If he tells him, you, you, this is what I want you to do, the cap guy is just going to do the best job he can with what he's given. So I'm, what I'm basically saying here with Ivan Provorov and other guys that come up on deals, you've got to beware a little bit about Fletcher because he has been a little uh, loose with the term there with other deals I mean, yeah, as well. But at the time of the deal, we have to take a look at what Zucker at the time what was Zucker's offensive output at the time of the, at the time that they, they, they made the signing? So that's what I'd have to take a look at there. Was it a I don't think it's much contract? different than now. I, I think it's pretty close. Well, I think he had a spike season there where his offensive numbers were up. i got to double-check. Okay. I'm not, unfortunately, near a computer right now, but I'm I'll pretty I'll sure one of the reasons why they cashed was they thought that Zucker was going to be a consistent offensive threat going forward. So you can check when his deal was signed and what his offensive numbers were. And also check the subsequent first or second year of that term when that deal was done and to, to see exactly. I'm not saying Chuck Fletcher's like, you know, a perfect general manager, but all GMs have made moves that were either that are sometimes cagey and smart. And other times they take a little bit of a gamble. And in my, in this circumstance, Fletcher, Chuck took a, took a chance with Zucker and Zucker has been a bit more inconsistent, which is why we're at the point where we are right now, where they're considering moving him. Mike? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm puzzled by them moving Zucker because he's a quality scorer, but it, it's yeah. it's just sort of goes hand-in-hand hand with what Paul Fenton has done over the last 12 months. I mean, he, he's wanted to move out older players, guys who had term. He's getting younger guys who are either on ELCs or on, you know, second contracts. You know, he, the Victor Rask for Niederreiter deal was, I think, a disaster because Rask is yeah. not playing – has not played well for a couple of years now, and Niederreiter is a very effective player. But that, I think, was more money than anything because Niederreiter was making over right. $5 million. Rass was making closer to four, and there was no love between Niederreiter and Bruce Boudreau. But Fiala for Granlund and, uh, and, and Donato for Charlie Coyle, the direction is clear, and that's why I was skeptical about this rumor that came out about Kessel because in this deal, in that proposed deal, they're getting older players, Kessel and Jack Johnson. I don't think that's what Fenton is going to do. I think he's going to continue to try to move out guys who you know, who are salaried and older for guys who are younger, and that may that may mean you know like a Jared Spurgeon being moved out for a young defenseman or. Uh, you know, maybe Jonas Brodeen for another defense. I mean, those type of deals. But I, I, I don't know if I buy the Kessel thing. All right, so here's what, the way it shakes out, Ant. Zucker, mm-hmm. off that deal, had 33 goals, 64 points. Now, I'd have to think, and again, none of us are complete experts with this, but the way the league's going and everything else, coming off that summer, because he got extended in, in July 2018, uh, right. You had to believe that was a career year. Like, there's no way you could look at that and say, well, Jason Zucker now is a 70-point guy every year. And he didn't get paid like a 70-point guy. So to think he's going to get 33 goals every year, like let's say a Phil Kessel, I think that was a bridge too far. I have to be honest. He got 21 this year. He's going to get between 20 and 25 every year. You had had the bet. How old was he again in terms of at the time? 26. So there's, there's still the chance that that you're going into the prime years of a, of a player's career there, Russ. And he might, in, in that circumstance, you might have had at least a few years where that where he could have been approaching that number at least into the potential of the high twenties, low thirties. So okay. I can't. Yeah, but, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to knock. I'm not being pro Fletcher here, but I'm not going to knock him for making a projection here that maybe that he's going to at least get a few, a couple, at least two to three years of that level of production out of Zucker uh, before making that deal. Again, that's how he prioritized him. And now how Fenton prioritized, obviously, is different. He's not right. – I, I think this move is as much about a cultural shakeup, too, in Minnesota where they seem to be running in place um, than anything in many ways if they're, in terms of moving out Zucker. Well, I mean, you, you know that you know that general managers have to be part soothsayer. When you look and when you look at Zucker, right. you know, he scored 20, 21 goals in fifty one games uh, in his in basically his rookie year in twenty fifteen, and then had a bad sophomore year, thirteen goals. Then he went twenty two, and then he went thirty three. If you look at that, and you're Fletcher, and, and you're looking at a team that has old guys in Koivu and Parise uh, as sort of your core players, and this guy is 26 years old and scored 33 goals, I'm trying to lock him up for as long as I possibly Bingo. can. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so that's so, too long. You know, for me, it's too long. Right. That's all. But I mean, that's yeah. And and the thing is, though, I don't but, think he's going to have a problem trading them if he wants to trade them. There there are plenty of teams out there that are looking for scoring. The, the, mm, what I'm I questioning think with, is the yeah. Go I ahead. think with that term, there is a little bit of a problem. I do, and I think that's why well, he hasn't have been to, traded yet. 
you have to be a believer. Well, I mean, supposedly, supposedly Calgary had the deal for him at the deadline, and then uh, then Minnesota pulled back, so they didn't think they were getting enough. I think I think it was for Backlund, but I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. But you know, that's so. So I mean, I I don't think that Fenton is going to have a problem trading Zucker. It's going to be more what he gets in return. And I think he can get a decent Great. return, but I, again, I, I question, I question the, you know, the, 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 the policy that they're doing. They're, this is, this is a, a rebuild without trying to appear to be a rebuild. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the biggest thing that, that I try and point out here is in, in this era, when you have a guy that isn't the fastest guy anymore, and, but is a good goal scorer, like has that talent, has the trigger, has all that stuff, you can't go in too heavy on years anymore because in two more years, the league will be much, much faster. And then, you know, Zucker at that point could be one of those guys that's really lagging in that regard. He's not a bad skater. He's not a super fast skater. He's that guy that falls in, in like maybe just like about average or slightly above average. These are mm-hmm. problem guys Ant, in this, in this era now, because unless you skate like a Jack Hughes, you you have to really be wary as a GM now of guys that you extend more than four or five years based on where you think the league is going. Like back in the old days, nobody ever thought about where the league was going. Everybody's going to be a hyper-fast forward. And I know the league is, a quote-unquote, a younger league, but also those younger players get older too. They also slow down as well. Sure. And my whole thing is as long as you know where, if you, as long as you know where the scoring lanes are and can get there, that's my main thing that I'm looking for there, Russ. So I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, Jason Zucker is, you know, looks like a complete slowpoke in this league. I don't think at the point of his career where he's at right now. No, no, not yet. Years, it's not that time. I don't think he's that kind of a player where I worry about a grind down for him. Unless he gets hurt. That's a different yeah. story. Okay. So, I, I'm, so we – um, Hard a little bit on that one, but that's that's fine. No, no, that's fine. Uh Last thing is, you know, the Rangers brought in John Davidson. They've they've sort of gone through this change, but and I still think <laughs> I, I still think during the summer, now that we've seen the GIF, and I I thought this before the GIF. I knew the minute JD was being talked about that the Florida plans for Panarin could possibly change, and that the Rangers would be back at least as one of the leaders going after him. And then we see the GIF where Panarin's <laughs> hugging JD supposedly on his last day there or one of his last days, or when he told the team that he was leaving, or who knows when. We don't know exactly when. But there's at least a little bit of a relationship there. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. And then we see yesterday Eric Carlson pretty much saying goodbye to, to San Jose on, on Twitter. Yeah. And, and, and this is what I wrote in my article. I think the Rangers will be interested in both of those guys. Obviously, Carlson is a guy they'll be very worried about with term, especially seeing what happened with Shattenkirk. But it won't stop them from, from talking to him. And Panarin, I think they'll offer the moon to. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts? I think it's down to – I think it's going to be – honestly, at the end, it will be down to Florida versus the Rangers. I really, as soon as J.D. signed on, I've, I've thought that for a while, with Florida having maybe a slight edge potentially yeah. because of how things are set up there. But, you know, in the, it, New York or Miami area, I mean, either way, Panarin's going to be probably happy. It all depends yeah. on – which team I think he looks at and says, is I'm going to the prime of my career, which one do I think is more likely going to get me to a Stanley Cup? And that's, that's the big question here in terms of the commitment. You know John Davidson's commitment. 
um, his buy-in, obviously, in New York, obviously, what for what, and also his experience of what he was able to build, obviously, uh, in Columbus. Although, again, not quite able to, you know, they, they didn't, they made some progress this year, but obviously, it very much was an all, you know, all, all chips to the center of the table, and they were still out in round two. But again, it's between. I think it's definitely going to be probably between New York and uh, and Florida. It's just going to be a matter of. Panarin making the idea, getting the idea of which situation is going to be better for him in the long term for uh, for winning a cup. All right, Mike, I'm going to give you, this is going to be like a game show here. You could comment okay. on this, or you can comment on the Leafs assistant coaching situation, because we don't have time for both. Which one are you going to I'll do? Comment on, I'll comment on this, because I think it's more juicy than the, the Leafs assistant situation. All right, you got um, it. I mean, it, now, for, first of all, the, the, the uh, addition of Davidson, it's almost guaranteed that Adam McQuaid will be back. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> now, but, I mean, it really, I, I agree with Anthony. It's going to come down to Florida and New York. And if, 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 if the sole determining factor is what team can win a cup quicker, I think you're, you know, you're probably looking at Florida because of what they have set up. They really just need another score and a goaltender, and I think that they're, right. they're back in contention. Whereas, I mean, I love what the Rangers have done. The, the young uh, core, or the young group that they're bringing in are going to be really good. But, you know, Panarin is going to have to be much more of a leader, and I don't know but in terms of a center other than Zabinajad, who, who who he would play with. So, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, it, the Rangers are a little further away, but, I mean, you can't ignore the allure of New York. And I think it's going to be the same for Carlson, too. But I would be very careful on the Carlson deal because I wouldn't give him any more than three years of his injury history, but he's going to be asking for a lot more. Yeah, no question. All right, so we get to the point of the show where we, uh, we're going to talk about a special beer. And this beer is coming out of Florida, so you know it's going ha- to be special. It's actually out of Tampa. And for whatever reason, and this is called Frosted Elephant, and it's got a picture of a butterfly on it. And apparently, butterflies are used in the brewing process. So there are brown butterflies who I guess they're in Florida and plentiful. I'm assuming they're plentiful. And because it says this is a conservation minded beer, like already, I think it's off the rails. The minute you tell me it's a conservation minded <laughs> beer, it's like, what that, am that, I that, drinking? They're trying to, they're trying to, they're trying to sell you on. You're not drinking murder of butterflies, right. but you kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> The face of it, they're trying to spin it as much as they can. Right. So it's a New England Pale Ale, but it has butterflies in it. And Wait a minute. So New England like... Pale Ale out of, out of, out of Tampa? What? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, all of it's crazy. It's, it's a collaboration <laughs> between the brewery and scientists at the Florida Museum of Natural History. Like, I question oh, the God. whole thing. But at the end of the day, Aunt, you could literally drink this beer before like the biggest night in your life and say you've got butterflies in your stomach. You could. But I'm bummed. Well done, Russell. I'm not, I'm, well when, 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 when you, when you, you may not be a dad. You may not. You, you, you're, you, you, that's, that, that's the epitome of an outstanding dad joke. I'm giving you a point. 
You're a dog. When, you're when a you, dog and cat dad, but that's a dad joke if I've ever heard one, man. <laughs> when when you when you sent me when you sent me the link on this one, I'm like, this is gross. This is like you know, eating chocolate covered crickets or some crap like that. <laughs> oh, I'll, go for that. I'll try that. No Extra way. Protein. Extra protein. <laughs> now, Anthony swears if he sees this beer, he's going to try it. So I we are certainly. I'm game for anything. I'll try. I'll try a sip of it to see how it is. I like it. The description of it was was interesting. It's something. It sounds like a, an interesting summer beer based on its description. I get a sip out of it, and it and I and it goes right through my nose. And obviously, you know, then I'll I'll be able to tell you if I see it, I will buy it. I will buy. I, it. I'm I telling you, why don't you just buy a home brew kit? Here's an idea: <laughs> buy a home brew kit, sit on the patio, keep the, yep. keep the 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 jar of everything open with the yeast and everything while you're fermenting it, put a bug zapper above it and just whatever the bug zapper gets, just put it right in the beer. My brother might do that. My brother likes to say it has a homebrew set. I'll have him do it. I would, I would, I would rather drink that swill that Budweiser puts out than that stuff. Yeah. I have to admit if it's Budweiser, if it's like Budweiser, Bud Lime or this, I'm going to have to go Bud Lime. Wow. Wow. Paps, Paps Blue Ribbon all the way. Jenny Cream Ale. So needless <laughs> to say, listeners of the show, we are going to try and find this beer, definitely in Canada, but definitely here in the States, so Anthony can try it well, because I, I just want to see his gonna, face when he tries it. down in Florida, whether or not it's even going to get up there, that's the question. I mean, we're talking about yeah. it, but it may be, that may be a case where you've got to be down in Florida to find that, well, to get that batch. So who knows? Oh, we checked the, oh, we, we've checked the, the website. Maybe they can fly us up some. <laughs> and we really don't know the percentage of butterfly that's in each can. We don't. No, we don't. So, so it, might be, it, might be a, it might be a, it might be a piece of a wing or something, you know, a little, little <laughs> tiny sliver. You know, like, you know, like when you get those upper deck jersey, jersey cards with a little yes. swatch of a, of a jersey it, in it, it that'll, be yeah, the it, that'll be the equivalent of the butterfly it, you get in it. It's the beer version of Goldschlager. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there is where we end it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You listen off the post. We'll catch everybody next time. Take care, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.